You're listening to episode 43 of Megan Cares, the podcast, the one where I have a good old chat with Michelle Yandel. Michelle's a health and nutrition educator and coach. She currently trains health coaches through the Holistic Performance Institute and through her online courses, one-to-one coaching, books and seminars, Michelle offers a no-bullshit approach to clear nutrition confusion and get the dieters off diets so they can feel their healthiest selves without restriction. We jump off the diet conveyor belt on this one and we look at a non-diet approach to living well and feeling good inside our bodies in mid-life. I think you're going to love it. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. Kia ora. If you're a woman in midlife, this podcast is for you. Get ready to embark on a transformative journey where we tackle self-doubt, people-pleasing, imposter syndrome, and overwhelm. Celebrate this second stage of life and claim your authentic confidence and courage. Midlife is not a time to settle. It's a time to unleash your purpose into the world. Make an impact done your way without compromising your own well-being. I'm Megan Kerr, Mindset Coach, former psychosynthesis counsellor and craniosacral therapist. Are you ready? Let's begin. Well, welcome to the podcast, Michelle Yandel. So glad you're here. Finally got us together um, in terms of the podcast. So tell us about who you are and what you do. Great. Yep. So uh, thanks, Megan. It's it's awesome. We've known each other for quite some time now, so it's really cool to be on the other end of the podcast. Uh, I am Shelley Endel. Um, for those that don't know me, I live um, yeah here in Taranaki and my background is in health and nutrition. I am a, a non-diet practitioner, so I support people to improve their health without having to resort to dieting. And that may be quite different to for lots of people, um, but well, we can talk a little bit about that in the podcast. Um, I yeah, run online courses that support people with this and have a, a pretty long history of experience with dieting and, and yo-yo dieting. And um, it's great to be on this podcast. I know you've been talking a lot about you know midlife and I'm in that time of my life at the moment now. So I think that we'll have definitely have lots to talk about during this during this podcast. Yes, I was thinking about you before we started talking. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're def- you're you're in midlife because I kind of know know your age range ish." Um, so, what did inspire you to focus on a non diet approach? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and firstly, definitely mid mid age. I assuming that I live to be ninety, I'm at mid age. Um, I am <laughs> going to do my best to live longer than that. But um, I yeah, my well, my history of dieting and restricting started when I was really, really young. So I, I, I would I always say 12 years old, but I can remember having earlier memories of being very, very young and asking my mom about the sugar quanti- quantity in uh, mandarins and whether if I ate too many mandarins that I would get fat. So that was obviously a fear of mine for a really long time. And I did every diet under the sun um, for all of us midlife women, we know that in the 80s, there were some pretty hilarious diets out there. I've done them all um, from Richard Simmons to, you know, 
uh, we had Slim Fast and obviously Jenny Craig. She was around for a long time. I did did them all basically. Um, and then you know, as I got older, I you know claimed to to not diet, but I was just focusing on healthy eating, quote unquote. But the healthy eating protocols that I was doing was still quite restrictive and you know you can eat this but you can't eat that and this is good and this is bad so masked as healthy eating but actually still very much entwined in dieting and this all started from being bullied as a child because of my weight and then later bullying myself because you know my weight was never good enough in my eyes and based on what I'd learned from society and, and everything we see and it was just and I was never healthy enough like I had to be this craze or that craze and, and had to try this diet and that diet. And eventually I just said, you know, enough is enough. And I realized that I was doing not just harm to myself, but I was doing harm to potentially doing harm to those that I was working with as well as a, a nutrition coach in that, you know, I was continuing to recommend these healthy eating protocols that were quite strict and restrictive. And not just that, they, they didn't work. None of these things worked long time term, which is why we were doing them over and over and over. And I thought, well, if my clients can't and I can't maintain these changes for life, you know, I'm actually doing everyone a disservice. And so that's when I started to look into this non-diet approach and this sort of intuitive eating, empowered eating way of of increasing our health and and eating better but without the shame and guilt restrictions that comes with diets. And of course, I realized too that a lot of the the healthy eating programs or the, the way that I was be so strict of my food was actually impacting my mental health and it was impacting my emotional health and of course our, you know, our spiritual health and our relationships because that rigidity around food and that needing to control what we eat. And for all of us, you know, who understand that health is so much more than the body, I realized I was doing a service to my body by neglecting all these key areas of health. So now what I do is a lot more, it's, it's still health focused, but it's a lot more holistic and we try to avoid focusing on weight, but look at better ways to gently take care of ourselves. And that's, yeah, balanced eating and good friends and getting outside and moving our bodies and reducing stress. And, and none of that has to do with that number on the scale. And that's the difference in what I do for myself, but also with the people I work with. And it's also about learning to listen to our bodies again and um, you know, getting in touch with the, the changes our bodies experience over time and uh, really just a gentle way to take care of ourselves and you know, be around for a while and have energy for our, you know, our kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews and, and all of them. So yeah, it's been a huge shift for me. Uh, it's, it's always a journey. It's always a work in progress, but that's where I am in my life and also with the people that I'm working with. Yeah. Beautiful. And I imagine it um, took quite some unpacking because, you know, we've known each other, I think maybe 10 years now and professionally as well. Mm. And, um, you know, alongside you or knowing you when you went went through that change and for mm. me, getting my my head around it and it's really helped me to understand, you know, a non-diet approach to, to our health and well-being mm. and 
but how sort of intertwined the dieting culture is in everything that we see and everything that we are. Definitely for me as a woman, right? It's just what we were raised with, what our mothers did. Yeah, all the magazines they read, Richard Simmons cracks me up because I watched that as well. We had that in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> and, and, you know, so through in midlife, uh, you know, so I guess especially perimenopause, menopause through that phase because it correlates with that age, our bodies are changing. And for many of us, our bodies are um, increasing in weight uh-huh. somewhat. Mm-hmm. And I, funny thing, and I don't think I've talked to you about this, I remember you saying this, like, probably when I was starting to go through perimenopause, you said something like, oh, yeah, women do tend to put on a little bit of weight around their middle in in midlife. And the part of me that went, no, it can't be, or it won't be for me. Yeah. And and then, of course, it did. That, yeah. is, that is what's happened, and I've had to come to... Um, a loving place with that, that this is a natural thing that happens in my body, with my body and through yeah. my life. So getting to my question, our mm-hmm. bodies are going through big changes in midlife, but how do you how do you perceive that diet culture influences the way as women we perceive and navigate these changes? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I mean, firstly, I'm going to talk a little bit about disordered eating. I just wanted to clarify what I mean by um, disordered eating. So, because I will, I will mention it, I'm sure, a few times during this podcast. So, disordered eating is, is a spectrum, right? So, it can start with, you know, the yo-yo dieting and the restriction, and it can go all the way to full-blown eating disorders, so when I mention disordered eating, I may not be referencing specifically eating disorders, though that is a possibility in some cases. Um, but disordered eating is really that just that obsession with food, the obsession with our bodies um, being, you know, and manipulating our bodies through food, through dieting or restricting or over-exercising and these sorts of things as well. So I just wanted to clarify that before. I got on that in this case, I'm, I may reference full-blown eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, um, and, and others, but for the most part, I'll be talking about those disordered patterns and, and disordered way of eating. Um, so you were asking about, yeah, as we navigate midlife and how does diet culture influence the way we perceive these changes, I'm just going to say that first and foremost, for people who have been on and off diets or who have been really concerned about that, it's terrifying. I'll be first to admit that, you know, you've spent your whole life potentially, you know, maybe successfully keeping your body looking a certain way and that your body hasn't changed, you know, since puberty or having children. It's sort of always has gone back to being about the same. And then suddenly <laughs> midlife happens. You haven't changed how you eat. You haven't changed anything in your life potentially but your body is changing, your pants are getting tighter. Um, And that can be, thanks to diet culture, an absolutely terrifying experience for lots of women. And there are two times in our lives where disordered eating and eating disorders are most prevalent. And they are when we go through puberty. um, So our body is changing because of those hormonal fluctuations and changes. And the second time is midlife. (laughs) When we go through our own changes as women, as we transition. And so we don't talk about eating disorders or disordered eating as much in midlife, 
um, but it is the second most common. It's also a time when disordered eating and full-blown eating disorders can resurface because of those triggering changes that are happening in our body. So we have a really unhealthy view for many of us that have experienced diet culture about our bodies as we go through these midlife changes. Um, like say we've spent our whole lives trying to keep our bodies a certain size and suddenly we have no control over what's going on. And, you know, I've had women who have restricted and restricted and restricted and restricted and their body is holding on like how it's not changing. And that, yeah, that can be really, really scary thanks to diet culture. And it can also be really um, difficult as we get older to stick to diets. So that's the other thing that happens around midlife too, is that it gets harder and harder to maintain certain diets. And so that's another thing that can, that can happen. Um, but yeah, thanks to diet culture, the, uh, it, it has a huge influence on how we react to these natural changes that happen to our bodies. And I want to emphasize that they are very, very natural. And we've been taught for so long that weight gain is always unhealthy and weight gain is always a bad thing. But for midlife women, it's actually a very healthy thing. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, let's talk about that now. Why, why, is, it, why is it a healthy thing? Yeah, you just piqued my interest right there really strongly. I'm like, tell me why. Yeah, yeah. Well, for for lots of uh, lots of re reasons, um, it is, yeah, again, a very just normal thing. I, I remember being so impacted once. I, I got a biology uh, textbook and it was, or anatomy, I can't remember now. And it was sharing a the, the diagrams of women's bodies over time. Um, and as the, the woman progressed, it showed that naturally we might get a bit shorter <laughs> and we might get a bit wider around our hips. And this was just the, uh, you know, a anatomy textbook. It was a very factual sort of thing that the woman was starting to get a little bit more of a tummy and a little bit more of their hips. And, you know, we, we are not meant to be looking like our 20 year old selves. We don't look like when we're from a 20 year old to a 10 year old, we're not meant to look like our 10 year old selves from a 30 or 40 or 50 year old. We're not meant to look like our 20 year old selves. Um, that's not natural, right? So why is weight, having that weight around our hips healthy is, uh, well, for lots of reasons, but it's incredibly healthy for us as middle-aged women because our in our this fat in our midsection and this fat that we're carrying on our body that is new, it actually holds on to estrogen. And even though we're no longer potentially ovulating, that fat our, allows our body to have a release of estrogen that can actually alleviate menopause symptoms. So it's it's very healthy. This fat is there for a reason. Um, and it's also protective. I mean, you often hear about some body fat being protective for our, our organs as well. And, you know, it's, again, this it, it, uh, just a way of protecting and relieving menopause symptoms um, as we get older. And I think, I mean, when I think of, um, I think of like grandmothers and I think of mother figures yeah. and, you know, they just, 
they just seem to me, I mean, this is me, yeah, I guess looking at it now, when I see a curvy older woman, they radiate health to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, they're just this voluptuous older woman. Uh, you just want to give them a hug. Um, I don't know. And when you see women that are quite, quite skinny or that are losing a considerable amount of weight as they're getting older, one that can be quite dangerous, but also it's, it's not, um, necessarily healthier than being in a curvy body as we age. Uh, it's also really stressful on our bodies when we engage in dieting as we're getting older, because we, um, well, it can affect our, our energy. It can affect our metabolism to go on and off of diets. That's been showed in the Biggest Loser study. Um, they did a study on that show, The Biggest Loser, and it showed the impact that this yo-yo dieting had on people's metabolism. It can lead to disordered eating. It affects their self-esteem. It can also be incredibly stressful on our bodies, which increases cortisol. We've all heard you know, the negative impacts that high cortisol levels can have resulting from stress. Um, so embracing our bodies and nourishing our bodies and taking care of our bodies as they are and letting our body do what it's naturally going to do is it's going to be a lot healthier long-term than attacking our bodies. <laughs> than attacking our bodies. Kind of, yeah. 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 Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we, we see all of the um, writing about, you know, in perimenopause, menopause, how our cortisol is higher in yeah. you know, because of the hormonal fluctuations. And yeah. so then if you add on really restrictive dieting on that, I imagine that's going to give even more of an increase of cortisol stress hormones in the system. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. I mean, nobody dieting is incredibly stressful. <laughs> When it, especially when it starts to not work, you know, and you're trying everything and you're just so, I mean, I've been there. I know that feeling of constantly hating your body. That is not a, an unstressful state for your body to be in. Um, and as we get older, like you say, that's even more important that we keep those stress levels down as, you know, we all know the benefits of, you know, having a low stress or lower stress life on our health and dieting is like I say and body hate and body shame is incredibly stressful oh exactly exactly and I you know being a midlife woman and somebody who does you know re a lot of research around menopause and midlife and now bombarded with all of the um, diet programs all of the menopause health programs which many of them to me look like just another fad diet in disguise mm. and I, I'm very much generalizing and then also the sort of the fad exercise diets all aimed at, at women in midlife to mm. you know lose the weight to feel healthier but the, not well all that I think anyway are very very restrictive mm. um how on earth do we navigate that <laughs> yeah <laughs> They, um, they, and they all, you know, target that, that belly fat and target, they know it's that belly. They know exactly what we're suffering with. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's incredibly, it, it's, it sounds difficult, but it's, it's actually quite, it's simple, but it's not easy because we are bombarded with all these messages and we are bombarded with 
um, you know, things that are telling us every day that we're not good enough if we have belly fat or more scarily, I think, is the the health uh, shaming or scaring that we have. Like if you're not doing this, if you're not losing weight, you know, you, you know, you're not going to live as long. You're going to get diseases. You're going to get this and this and that. All of those things are related to our behaviors, not what our body size is. And that's a hard thing for people to get their their heads around because we've been told for so long the opposite. And it is how we move our bodies, how we eat, how we live that's going to impact disease and, you know, being unwell. And despite whether our body changes. And so it's it's really hard for us to get our head around, but we can increase our energy. We can hopefully, in some cases, increase our longevity. We can, you know, have um, a happier, healthier life by just focusing on those behaviors instead of our body size. Our, our weight is not a behavior. Whatever size we are is not a thing that we do. It's the the, the healthy habits. And so I, uh, well, firstly, I mean, the, probably the most impactful thing that anybody told me to do, but also what I tell others to do first and foremost is to start being uh, really aware of the messages that we're receiving on our screens because we are on our screens a lot. So being aware of whenever we see those adverts for, you know, midlife belly buster diet or whatever it may be, or um, whenever we see somebody else that's really slim and we perceive to be beautiful, but it's making us feel like we're not enough, whenever we see anything that's telling us that we're not good enough in our current bodies, just unfollow, <laughs> you know, report. Whenever I get dieting adverts, I report as misleading or scam. Um, and, you know, it, eventually you're going to start seeing less and less of those things. But that's not enough, and not a lot of people do that, and that's great. But I really encourage people to then start to follow people that are in different body sizes, yeah. people that are living with different body shapes and sizes. And that was really impactful to me to see people in bigger bodies that are healthy, living their best lives, um, you know, beautiful, and and just to be more exposed to that and people of different um different genders, people of different, um, you know, cultures, people, different abilities, people of, from different, yeah, just more variety, more diversity. And, you know, it's, I think that that in itself has a huge impact when we start to see people of all different body shapes and sizes, because we live in these little bubbles on social media and we're, that's all we're seeing. Like, even whenever I sit on the, like when I go to Wellington, the city, I'm sitting on the bus or in the cab or whatever, and I look around and it just, look around. Like there's so many different body shapes and sizes. We all look so different to each other. And the more we expose ourselves and make ourselves aware of that, we can start to at least start to potentially look at ourselves a little bit differently, even though that's hard. Um, but navigating it too is is about, you know, focusing on healthy behaviors that in order to feel good. So don't, worry so much about whether your body changes with these healthy behaviors but what can i eat that makes me feel good um what's you know what types of foods make me feel good what kind of uh, frequency of eating makes me feel good and making it all about feeling good and having our you know 
increasing maybe our bed of sleep or reducing our stress rather than punishing our bodies because they're changing and you know keeping that focus on on feeling good too that might be having a piece of cake with your besties at the cafe like that feels really really good so but instead we get hung up on worrying about the calories in that cake but actually maybe a quarter of that cake or half that cake or that whole cake actually ma- still makes you energized and makes you feel good because you know you're around great people and great friends so just keeping the focus on what is making me feel good obviously if we have cake every meal of the day we don't feel good so we may not want to do that maybe we feel great i don't know maybe we've got this random body that thrives off cake i mean <laughs> but you know we are all different and it's really important too that yeah health is about relationships and all of those blue zones you know it's about community and relationships and if you don't want to go out to dinner with your friends because you're worried about what's on the menu you're limiting that aspect of your health and, and you're you're not going to be able to create those you know those memories because we're too scared of what's on the menu and so we know that health is so much more than just our bodies and so focusing on just that that number and weight loss we're really neglecting a lot of key areas that have been proven to impact our health and and even moving your body as a way to feel good and to have energy and to sleep better as opposed to I need to exercise because I ate a piece of cake or I need to push myself because I'm considered overweight or whatever it may be. Like it's just a whole different way of looking at health. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be the first to, you know, admit that it is, it's hard. It's a lot of unpacking, but it is equally rewarding and it just, it takes some time, but doing this, yeah, focusing on feeling good eventually is going to help you to feel good, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. And I think you're right. There's there's so much unpacking there, but there's a lot of unpacking that we do in midlife anyway. You know, we're yeah. looking at our boundaries and tendency to people please and our gender conditioning and all of that stuff. And I think diet culture very much is a part of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um that that's really helpful for me because I think that that's what I tend to do is is, you know, is this making helping me to feel good? today tomorrow and the next day yeah and And, i'm sorry i just wanted to add too that we're going to eat things that make us feel bad as well and that's okay i don't want people to think oh i can't eat this because yeah and you feel good it's just about what we do most of the time that matters yeah so if i'm i'm eating generally speaking to feel good how do i see the signs where i might be sort of encroaching in that territory of more disordered eating and I can start to become aware of that like what would tell me that I mean aside from really restrictive dieting that kind of stuff what are the sort of the more um you know if we bring it back a little bit what are sort of some signs that would indicate that I'm maybe moving into more of a diet approach or more disordered or disordered eating yeah yeah um, that's a really great question. I think it's going to be individual, but Molly, first thing that comes to mind as a red flag would be when we feel fear or guilt or shame when we eat a certain food. So if we, or we don't eat a certain food because of fear. So we may not, um, you know, we may not, somebody might offer us a piece of cake and we really, really want that piece of cake but we're trying so hard to be good and 
we may not eat that cake because we're, or we might be afraid to eat it because it's not organic, or we might be afraid to eat it because of the sugar content. And so there's that fear that keeps coming up around certain foods. And also then there's obviously the feelings after eating those foods. So maybe we decide, you know, we are going to eat that food. We feel, you know, bad if we don't, but then we feel really awful about it afterwards and we may overexercise because of it or we may just feel really down or, or shameful or guilty or we might think that's okay I'll just I'll skip breakfast tomorrow because I've you know I ate that cake last night so there there's those it all revolves around those feelings those feelings of guilt and shame or fear um you know it's like if you catch yourself not going to social events because you're scared of what's going to be on the menu or you're going to be feel like you're going to be embarrassed if you just get a salad and others are going to say something you know like just it starts to encroach onto your emotional wellness it starts to encroach onto your relationships and it starts to encroach into just your overall mental well-being you know those are the red flags for me right impact those other three areas of your your well-being circle, body, mind, spirit, heart, you know, and even if we talk about spirit, if we're living a life of dieting and restricting and wanting to become smaller, personally, I believe that that can impact on your life's purpose and the spiritual fulfillment when we're just controlling and micromanaging our lives when, you know, we could, we're not allowing for that expansion, you know, it's, it's really, if I'm lack of a way to describe it, I feel like it, it's like a big thumb keeping us down, <laughs> you know? So I think it can impact our spiritual, our purpose, everything. Um, or even on, I know that body shame and, and feeling bad about our bodies can impact, you know, our finances that can impact whether we go for that job promotion. Like it can really impact our confidence in so many ways. And so yeah. when we start to see how it's that, you know, like again, while it's impacting those other key areas of our health, that's when it's a red flag. For me, um, you know, I can't eat that, it's bad, or I can't eat that, it's naughty, or, you know, every once in a while, you know, maybe let's say we decide we don't want to eat cake all the time, that's fine, but if we have it, we we should be all like, oh, well, you know, it's a nothing thing, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, or enjoying it, because it's a really good piece of cake. Yeah, depending on who made it, yeah. <laughs> We're lucky in Taranaki, we've got some great cake makers. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, so that that got me thinking about, I guess in in my or in some parts of my my world, there's a lot of detoxing that happens, mm-hmm. but that that's still within that same range, right, of diet. Uh, and you mean and, like a detox diet or like detox? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. No, I mean detox that diet. Yeah, I mean it's still dieting, right? It's still really restrictive eating. So we're yeah everything you're talking about today. I could just overlay that onto the the idea of detoxing, totally. a detoxing diet. Like if I think if you could, you know, if you do a detox diet, um, which is you know quite restrictive for a short time, and you're like, I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to experiment and see how I feel, and you know, just do it, and you know, have no emotional attachment to it, and you can just do it. That's you know, I, I don't really see a huge harm. It's not going to hurt you physically to do that for a short time. It's not going to do much for your body, though, in the sense of our body can naturally detox itself. Um, we don't need to do a detox diet. Um, there are some times where we might 
have we might be told we need to do an elimination diet and hey go you know go for it and and experiment mm-hmm. but again once we start to then notice that we become fearful of eating say for example gluten because we're we're reintroducing it or we're getting fearful of having sugar or we're getting fearful of um, those things that we remove during the detox that's when it can have a really negative impact and I can talk from experience of doing detox diets and uh, it you know 10 years ago and also recommending them that they created a lot of fear around food because those detox diets generally tell us that this is a bad food that's a bad food this is a bad food this one's you know sugar is gonna hurt you and and carbs are gonna hurt you and gluten's gonna hurt you and so even though it's only a short term it can really for somebody who has a history of yo-yo dieting or disordered eating it can be incredibly triggering to do these detox diets and even for somebody who hasn't it could open up some some fear around food that they didn't have before so i i do i don't see any benefit of doing a detox but if obviously if somebody did do it it's not necessarily going to be a bad thing for everybody um but it's really again a, a marketing you know way of making some money for somebody i i think personally um you might again feel great um during that detox diet for some people people really like that sense of control um to you know to have that week of i'm just going to eat this 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 and this but long-term benefits of a detox diet are really quite nil (laughs) Um, and in many cases they can do harm but again, it's personal choice. And if somebody wanted to give it a go, they didn't have any negative reactions to it. It's not going to do necessarily do them harm, but yeah. there is a the potential for harm for lots of people. And that's why I wouldn't recommend them. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I watched my mother for all of, she passed away eight years ago, but for all of from midlife all the way through till when she was 70 want to lose that extra 15 kilos mm-hmm. you know it was always she was always wanting to lose that and starting and stopping and trying this and like having cupboards and cupboards of supplements and all of the rest of it and and I look at that now like oh yeah you know that that was she was a product of her environment that was everything that was fed to her and her growing up and her socialization and we're all a product of our conditioning and our environment. So if this is showing up for us, it's not our fault. No. It's like it's it, our upbringing, it's society, it's culture, it's everything that's everywhere on us. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's why it's so important for us now as we're learning this to do what we can to break that cycle for those that come after us uh, to, you know, we... What you don't know, you don't know. But when you do know, <laughs> you know you yeah. can you can start to support the younger generation. And uh, I've got a program called Brave Bodies, which is all around body image for parents and teens. And I think I call it, you know, the well. I look, think back at the principle of seven generations, which is an indigenous principle, and it's what you do now impacts seven generations into the future. And so, for us to be part of that change, even though we might still be struggling we can still impact how our young people view our, their bodies and, and hopefully stop that cycle because we are. I mean, my mother was the same. And luckily, 
even though I'm sure she still has fears and stuff around what she eats, she's not dieting anymore. And and I think that's just, you know, it's taken her a long time to get there. And same with my sister, who's, you know, no longer dieting, is now a non-diet practitioner as well. And, you know, for us to get there together as, you know, us three women is pretty cool. And we support each other. And uh, I can remember reading about a hundred-year-old woman who still weighed herself every day at the nursing home. And like, I just think that's just so would be so soul crushing for me, you know, like I would hate to be a hundred years old, still worrying about my body. Like it's so freeing to be 45 and I'm like, this is my body. This is like me. I'm just going to go have fun now. Like I'm just done with that. I'm belittled my body for so long. And yes, I still have times where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, you know, there's cellulite on my body or I've got more rolls and my hips are expanding and it's, still scary but i just get on with it now and just go and do fun things and be grateful that my body is still moving and that i've still got my health and you know and like again it's it's very freeing to no longer be like you know to worry about those things as much and to be able to go man i'm closer to 50 than i am 40 now like surely i'm allowed to have some curves now come on like (laughs) it's you know it is freeing when we get to that point of just taking care of our bodies instead of punishing our bodies which is essentially yeah dieting is it's it's very liberating isn't it and i think of all of the energy i haven't been a big dieter um but every now and then i have and all of the energy that goes into that Mm. and all of that focus and i think when we can claim that back for ourselves and yes we might have to do some unwinding work on you know what's okay for our body and what we love about it and how it functions in the world and we might need to shift our perspective mm. but it is incredibly liberating to be free from from those traps and and just you know sort of rounding out i suppose our conversation it be- it does become much more in our space in midlife because mm. our body is changing yeah. and you know when i pre perimenopause I used to go oh I need to lose a few kgs just adjust my diet slightly for a few weeks and things would change perimenopause hits nothing is changing it it's just a slow creep and and now I've got to this place where I'm like oh who gives a shit right who gives a fuck it's like am I happy can I be move in my life can I play in my life can I maintain strength and if I'm not what do I need to do about it that sort of become my focus and do we have people that love us and what would they say you know and and it's uh, i don't think too like a lot of people can be put off by improving their body image because they think they need to love their bodies and that's really triggering for somebody who has lived their whole life hating their bodies to be like i can't love my body i can't and that's fine you don't have to love your body doesn't be body to be you suddenly fall in love with what your body looks like it has nothing to do with what your body looks like it's just about taking care of yourself and taking care of your body um and and respecting your body because it's going to carry you for the rest of your life (laughs) you know it's it's never about if you can learn to love your body that's great but that's pretty hard for a lot of people and instead it's about just well let's take care of this vessel that we're in and let's and that's not through dieting it's not through punishing ourselves and i think it's really important too to remember that our children are watching us and and so the behaviors that we're engaging in we have to be really mindful that even if we don't think they are they are and even in our language that we use we're out with friends and 
and these sorts of things. So when we can work on ourselves, we're, we're really helping that younger generation as well and stopping that cycle. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about your work or potentially work with you in the future? Yeah, so just if michelleyandel.com, nice and easy uh, to find me. I, I have a couple of programs. I have the Empowered Eating program, which is all around uh, reclaiming a healthy relationship with food and, and obviously improving our health. But I really recommend that people start with my Brave Bodies program. And the, the beauty of the Brave Bodies program is that it is uh, pay what you can. So if you can only afford a dollar, then just pay a dollar. And if you can afford more, then that's great too. And it all goes back into the program. So it's a really easy way to get to know me and my work and as well as start to improve your body image, which I think is the first step in improving our relationship with food. Because if we, the more we hate our bodies, the more we're going to want to keep changing it and restricting. So if we can start with, with the brave bodies and start with that body image and encourage, you know, if you have a teen in your life um, that may want to learn as well, or that's struggling with body image, you know, they can do the brave bodies program too. You could do it together or separately or, um, you know, we can even do, or there's opportunities to do it as a group. And if people are interested, they can just get in touch with me. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, those are my two key things. And finding me at michelleyandel.com is the, the best way, or just, um, emailing me at hello at michelleyandel.com or finding me on Instagram and all those fun places, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. I'm all the social. Well. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks so much, Michelle. Those programs sound really, really helpful. And um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And it's been really enlightening. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's, been, it's been awesome. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider joining me on my signature course for women in midlife. The Midlife Upgrade course is made specifically for you so that you can embark on your second stage of life with calm, confidence and courage. Join the waitlist over at my website to hear about early boot specials and when the next enrolment opens. Join the waitlist at megancare.co.nz forward slash waitlist. Have a great week and I'll talk to you real soon.